Hi, Gala. Hi, Rose. Sorry, that was kind of loud, huh? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. But you know what? It's okay to be loud sometimes. Thank you. I really appreciate that permission. You know, it feels appropriate (laughs) since we're just smack in the middle of cancer season to just ask, how are you feeling? Um... (laughs) Well, right now I feel moody, as um, one is wont to do at this time. I am currently on the road, and I, you know, I write weekly horoscopes, as you know. I do. Um, which means that one cannot take a break because the sky is not taking a break. And <laughs> So, uh, even though I'm on a road trip, I have to labor and, uh, I got up today ready to labor only to find out that my computer inexplicably, inexplicably, uh, cannot just, just cannot turn on, which I, which, you know, that's a problem. I understand. Yeah. <laughs> relatable 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 um so of course i had to look up what transits were aspecting my my natal planets Mm. right away just to see (laughs) and you know and you know it's like a lot of these squares have been happening for some time but i will say that between the fact that i am my mars and mercury are both in Libra. Yes. And so between cardinal squares <laughs> <laughs> happening in Cancer um, and Pluto and Calf, and then also the fact that my son is in 12 degrees of Scorpio, <laughs> which um, <laughs> is a great, I mean, you know, not that Saturn Aquarius hasn't been having a little to say, but, you know, it's just like, okay. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> I'm I I'm picking up what you're putting down, universe. You you've got me listening. So that's my little update. What about you? Yeah, just feeling a lot of stress and tension. Fucking trying to negotiate, finish negotiating with my landlord, right? You know, feeling insecure about my home, cancer things. Uh <laughs> Mm-hmm. would like to be comfortable went to meet my nephew last week and of course after dragging ass for six weeks that's when my landlord decides to get really active with the emails when i was on vacation so that was mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. pretty frustrating and this whole mercury neptune square which is completing my natal mutable t-square has been um also really fun and great and it's landing right like on my ic too so like oh confusion uh and lack of clarity around my home cool which is like lighting up all my insecurities and volatilities cool so yeah i'm just like it almost sounds like it's activating something from your childhood i don't know oh yeah you mean like my my also like unstable (laughs) childhood home uh yeah so I'm also feeling moody. I'm feeling frustrated by people who don't communicate well and don't like engage with the in, the extensive uh, laborious information provided. I've had to like send several emails in the last two weeks that were essentially 
as per my last email, this is turning into a real digression, but so what I will say is I'm feeling the stress and the tension of this whole party in the fixed signs and of like the last dregs of Mercury retrograde. Because I do feel like Nep- this last Neptune square is like a real punctuation mark. Like, hey, let's just throw like a little more fog in the room for you. Just one last dash. Mm-hmm. Especially, I think, for some Piscean aspected people in the mix. That definitely yeah. adds something to it. For yeah. Sure. Well, and I've got, you know, Uranus and Saturn and Sag on my midheaven and I have a Virgo moon <laughs> on my descendant too. So it's like extra fun. Um, yeah. So I feel stressed. <laughs> I feel uh, like I'm on an emotional roller coaster. I feel very protective of my energy and resentful of those who are fucking with it, which I feel like is also like a bit of a cancer mood when you say. <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. I mean, it's really a, um, a kind of offering that cancers it's a gift that they can offer us if should we choose to accept it is that protection of one's energy first they learn it themselves when they teach us how to do it you know yeah yeah we hope we hope they learn and teach right well, some of us the ones who do the work yes that's true that's true the labor the labor the labor <laughs> <laughs> um but I think in general, probably a lot of people are feeling these tensions, right? We're just coming out of this T-square with Leo energy um, that is just activating this ongoing year-long square of Saturn and Uranus, right? Um, one example that I thought was fucking crystal clear of that Mars and Leo um, activating that square and opposing Saturn and Aquarius is this bullshit with Shikari Richardson, Right. First of all, Mars and Leo, she's flashy, she's fast, the hair, the nails, she's got it. She's also queer, hey! Like, suddenly I was interested in sports for 0.2 seconds, right? (laughs) And then, like, literally within a day, I think, of Mars moving into opposition of Saturn, right? Saturn and Aquarius, an old guard committee of a bunch of different countries coming together, sounds like an organization. Mm -hmm. And then just basically shitting on and uh, impeding this younger more glamorous fiery flashy energy over some bullshit technicality right it just like can't get right with it. and like limiting limiting new approaches to to like healing to the body and literally limiting movement right mm-hmm. i mean jokes on them though because they shouldn't even be fucking having the olympics in tokyo right now <laughs> like literally the hospitals are 100 percent capacity now they're saying there can be no spectators like maybe y'all should have just read the temperature you know? Yeah, it's just a, actually the Olympics is between different COVID variants. <laughs> yeah, and Delta is winning. We're all in trouble I'm going today. Ah. Um, yeah, so that, that was an energy that I was thinking about, but I'm hoping that, you know, Venus then moved in and completed that aspect as well. And uh, I'm hoping that people... Uh, are reifying their values and affirming that like, actually fuck this. Like, right. But I also feel like, I mean, that would be better. Beautiful thing. Right. But (laughs) it just seems to me like Venus is like your values, not someone else's values. Right. So it's also like people, especially with Leo being so fixed and proud of itself, it could be doubling down on their own values. Right. Like a clash of values. 
Yeah, that's a good point. And and Leo can get pretty self-righteous, especially when its position is challenged, you know, mm-hmm. which, you know, I think we've all perhaps encountered with close friends who have personal Leo placements, right? When the sun is shining, what a beautiful day, but don't, don't you put a cloud in front of it. <laughs> it's true. You know, I, I feel like I, I probably have like a master's in Leo as opposed <laughs> to my PhD in Aries. And yet still, I'm always learning new things about the way that the Leo uh, mind operates because it's true to me that for the most part, as a completely non-Leo person, a lot of my disappointment or anger, and because of, you know, because of Scorpio bullshit, is almost always <laughs> private, internal. Mm. And when it erupts, it has been like so overwrought that all you have are like intensely calculated sentences. You know, <laughs> the yeah. reason I'm mad is because of this four pronged argument. Let's begin now. Um, <laughs> totally. And I think, I think that with Leo energy, I forget about that because I do think that Leo energy will come off. It can come off real hot when they're upset yeah. and they will say what they're upset about. But if you sit with it for a minute, you'll be like, I actually have no idea why this makes you so angry. <laughs> like that whole argument is often missing because it's like their heart their heart is so sensitive and often they will refuse to reveal it like reveal what's at the heart of the matter yeah so what might come off is like this person is super rude they were just rude that's why i'm so mad and you're like what were they huh <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, you really think of a lion and their pride a, a little mm-hmm. bit. Like, both. How do you just, what is pride? <laughs> wow. What a great question to ask at this time of year. Uh, is, is it the other side of shame? <laughs> I mean, perhaps, right? Uh, and, and I would argue sometimes uh, pride is a reflection of shame you know, speaking of the luminaries Mm. and their reflections, but like Mm. there, there's both their dignity and the ways that they believe they should be treated, which is very specially, but then Mm. also what they consider their territory and the way that they protect it. Right. Oh, their territory. Yeah, that's right. That's another aspect of Leo. I forget because I, because their territory (laughs) also includes emotional territory. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Big time. Right. People don't talk about how often, I mean, I think that Leos have the big roar. Yes. But cancers are cancers are the ones I'm most likely to avoid in a fight. <laughs> oh, absolutely. And I think that brings to mind a thing that I've been thinking about a lot, right? When we think about the theme of Monday and when we look at Cancer and Leo, that like they are this mirror of each other, right? Mm-hmm. They, they are the um, mm-hmm. this duality from which everything else moves outward right from this like source of Mm -hmm. vital energy and its need for reflective energy but the way that that energy changes at night right and that it's not a constant Mm -hmm. or consistent reflection but that it still is right and sometimes it's important sometimes silhouette tells us more about something than illumination right Mm -hmm. and i'm also thinking about the way that the moon's light um the moon is really powerful but the power of it, it has to do with its gravity, not with its light, right? Um, yes. 
has to do with its force on us. <laughs> and also its proximity. <laughs> it has to do with affect. Yeah. Yeah. But it's in there with us, which is why they both appear to be the same size, right? The sun and the moon, vastly different sizes, but because of the mm-hmm. proximity of the moon and its closeness to us, it's as big. Mm-hmm. And also thinking about how with the moon, we're just talking about cancers for a minute, just so you can feel into it, feel into this cancer moment. You know, with the moon, it only it's only going to give out as much as it's received. Yeah. You know, which is important to think about when people task cancer of a lot, because at a certain point, they're fresh out. <laughs> of course, you know, and and like reception and the ability to receive, it is something we all need to cultivate, to like grow, to heal, to connect. But we also are allowed to like have our inbox be full at a certain point, <laughs> right? And so like, when do you get to be like, actually, I'm not going to take this in. <laughs> actually, that's I think your it's really rare for cancers not to take it in. Yeah. It's that's very true. rare for them not to take it in. Yeah, but then what happens when it becomes overfull, right? It needs to release. It needs to let go. I feel like these are two methods that I've witnessed and studied in Cancerian people. When they're overfull, and one of them is rage cry. Yes. Um, Very scary. (laughs) And the other one is asleep. Hmm. Like just block, they will block, they will just block people, um, straight off. They will just block that number. And then you have to deal with the group text. Like you're all of a sudden left with the problem, you know? Uh, yeah. They'll block it and they'll just go to bed or they are in a rage cry, especially if they got, if they're a cancer with leonine placements. Yeah. Of course. And those, uh, <laughs> but you know, it's. I think the same is with pets or with children. And I want to be clear that I'm not calling cancers pets or children, but there, there is an element of reflecting your environment. Right. And it's like, if you get the nutrients and the nurturance that you need, if you get like the respect that you need, if you are modeled like good, uh, emotional boundaries and communication, like, holy shit, there's nothing a cancer cannot do in this world. They literally are world builders. Right. It's really true. People don't talk about the cardinal aspect of cancers enough. Right? They are constantly initiating and from like such a different place because they are kind of reflecting back out like the worlds they see. But in that reflection, it's changed. You know, it's like that Heisenberg principle of or just the way that things look so different under moonlight, right? Different things are emphasized, uh, certain distinctions blur and change, certain become emphasized, things grow beyond their size at night, right? There's a wash of the colors. They're not as vibrant, yet they're still distinct. And like, I I think that that, that aspect of cancer creativity is so fascinating and, and such a different um, feeling to encounter as opposed to like a, a Leonine, just like pure spark and impulse, right? Mm-hmm. I feel like you're really speaking in Octavia Butler language right now. Right? For sure. Who is also a cancer. Yeah. 
Well, and I was also thinking about um, Solange. I know that she's not queer, um, but... Do we know that? Do we know that? I actually don't know that. Well, also, this brings to mind something that we were texting about before. But before I get (laughs) in there, like, Solange is like, I'm not just going to make you a song. I'm going to build you a fucking world. Like, literally. Like, Mm. she designed sets, costumes, choreography, and brings all of these other Black creatives into her world to share with us. And all of a sudden, we get, like... This beautiful reflection that also is telling us that there are more possibilities than we know. It's not just showing us what we've already seen. It's taking it in and being like, but what if it were a little different? You know, there there is a kind of uh, evidentiary power of kin work that happens in Solange's music, um, the seat at the table, the way that um, she invited so many people to that table to create these different kinds of family systems and, you know, even outside of, of course, like her famous family. And am I wrong? Does my memory serve me wrong? Or is, um, is Beyonce a Leo rising? No, she's a Libra rising. Oh, pretty. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe you were just thinking about her Mars in Leo in the 10th house. <laughs> yeah, maybe I was thinking about that. <laughs> I was like, there's a prominent Leo placement that has to do with her creative presence in the world and her legacy. I wonder what it is. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like, it makes sense that in her career, that's the world we get, right? And the persona mm-hmm. she takes on even, I am Sasha Fierce, you know, like... Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I was just thinking about the distinction between their, their mm. like the force of their power and their creative world. Yeah. Right? Well, and in a lot of ways, it still does feel like this kind of like night and day mm-hmm. dynamic where mm-hmm. it's like, yeah, Beyonce is the obvious choice, but Solange will get a little deeper if you're willing, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, like I personally, and I think this is also because of my proclivity or my affinity towards like clean eyed people, I wouldn't necessarily differentiate in terms of it's not depth, although we all know that, you know, we associate water with depth or whatever. I just think it's about like the power that you can see that's that lays on the surface, right? Like the way the sun does and the kind of power that is more spread out. More diffuse. Uh, more interesting. Yeah, diffuse. Well, I also think there's something about like Beyonce is radiating her world out and Solange mm-hmm. is drawing us in. Yep, exactly. That's right. That's so they're like, they're yeah. two different ways to share and they're both important and having both is really important and you get different things, right? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But there is like this public private feel of it. You know, there's like intimate and then elaborate or something or extravagant. (laughs) I don't know. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And I'm like, yes. And sometimes some Beyonce things feel extremely elaborate, but just differently. So an elaborate gesture wrapped up in something very traditional or um, conventional. Like I'm thinking about daddy lessons, for instance. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, um, as a sort of uh, a, a pushback against all of that gun violence that was really uh, sort of just all over the news when that song came out, right? Yeah. Having a black woman talking about how it's her Second Amendment, too. Yeah. You know, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think that it, it, there is an elaborateness there. It's just a different kind. Yeah. And to be clear, I was actually saying that 
the sun energy is elaborate and the moon energy is intimate. I think, I think, yeah, I picked that one up. Mm-hmm. I wasn't sure. Uh, I wasn't sure. <laughs> I'm not sure of anything. You know, it's, it's fine. It's fine to not be sure. What I am thinking about for cancers though, especially as we just sit and think about them and yeah. I forgot we did have, we were going to go somewhere else, but then I forgot where we were going to go. I feel like they really did have an intense sort of like the past year for them was incredibly like, what do you call those? Like, um, incubators. <laughs> oh, I, I feel like it was so grueling though. And I, yeah. I would actually extend it back to the last, maybe three three or four years like once Saturn entered Capricorn and that whole pileup mm-hmm. started and then the eclipses moved into the Cancer Capricorn axis like mm-hmm. every cardinal sign I know has just been fucking walloped yeah but the I, fact but that, you know what I mean by the incubators like yeah. those like the ones where you have to like you put your startup in there or whatever and then they're <laughs> supposed to somehow like develop into like the version of themselves <laughs> so it is like that same kind of like intense energy like right. ruling like that's what I meant. Just for whatever reason, that just took me to like, you remember the nature videos that showed the bird, like trying to peck its way out of the egg before it suffocates or whatever. And they put like really uh-huh. intense music. I also feel like that vibe where it's just kind of like, how do I get out of here? I'm trying to grow, but it's so fucking hard and it feels life and death in some ways. Mm, yeah, that's the same. Yeah. <laughs> I, I agree with you. <laughs> I wonder though, I mean, maybe this is a, an astrogression, but it doesn't seem to me that Aries have had the same kind of experience. Well, Aries have been dealing strictly with squares and no opposition. Mm-hmm. And for Aries, Capricorn is a closing square too. Right. Mm-hmm. And so that that is something to keep in mind that like an opening square presents a crisis where you must make a choice. The opposition gives you full clarity on what's happening and you may have to compromise or you'll encounter an outside force. Right. That brings it to your attention. Mm-hmm. And then the closing square, though, there is that's more of like a reevaluating period. Right. Where you're kind of like, all right, I made this choice. The opposition was a result. Now I have one last opportunity to course correct. And for some there's a lot of course correction to do for some people. They can look around and be like, actually I am happy following this out, you know? Yeah. And I can imagine that a lot of Aries energy sort of flourishes in that check yourself moment where they're like, I did check myself. (laughs) (laughs) Or like, I didn't think at all. And I feel fine about it (laughs) because I've already moved on to the next thing. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Are you telling me that this irrational impulsive choice was a problem? (laughs) Back it up, buddy. (laughs) But, you know, they are having their little tour of Chiron. So I would imagine that it's much more individual as far as, you know, Mm -hmm. like it's only gotten to what, 12 degrees at this point. So, yeah, I would imagine that first Deacon Aries are having a different time than second or third and it's (laughs) going to switch. (laughs) Well, I guess speaking of that, you know, um, Chiron is probably going to be turning retrograde when people are listening to this episode. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do you think that that is going to be a notable transit or to, you know, um, to those who might be aspected by it? Or do you think it's more of a, a silent influence? 
I mean, in general, if we take retrogrades to mean a time to turn inward or reflect or or try to work on things more internally, then yeah, it does stand to reason that perhaps those who are struggling under this transit have some kind of realization or like a wincing feeling of its sore spot being touched around their identity or sense of self or whatever else it's hitting. And now they're having to turn inwards and kind of figure out like, okay, well, how much of that is them and how much is me? Do you think, you know, we talked a little bit about Chiron and Aries and that's sort of like the wound of, of the to- like the toxic masculinity, like, you know, kind of on a more um, national level. Yeah. What could a Chiron retrograde do on a larger collective level, given what's happening now, I guess? I mean, the greatest thing that could come out of it, but that I don't think is likely on a large scale, is people actually starting to grasp that toxic individualism is what has gotten us here in the first place, right? That like our stubbornness or unwillingness to put aside our individual desires for the good of the collective or the community has landed us in a prolonged, deadly experience <laughs> that's global. Do you think that it's Chiron or could it be Chiron transiting retrograde and the shadow that must have been building up to it that could be at least partially responsible for all of our oceans on fire? <sighs> <laughs> What do I think is I actually would link natural disasters and ocean on fire um, more to Uranus and Taurus, to be honest, and actually Mars T-square, right? Let's get even Mm -hmm. hotter in here because the Mm -hmm. natural world that we depend on is becoming more and more um, unpredictable and inhospitable uh, as we continue to refuse to stop doing things the way we've been fucking doing them. Right? That's also right. Saturn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. I think I was just thinking about the way that um, sometimes the retrograde, like the idea of these pipes bursting, right? So the sort of the choices of an action yeah. Yeah. and something coming back. Yeah. Um, having to do with it being like the kind of the devastation of the earth or um, the mining of the earth for its resources is being part of the natural wound of, of our kind of like our humanity, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, but definitely Uranus makes a lot of sense there as well. And just that it's getting hot and also like in the changing sky in Stephen Forrest's book about transits and particularly like long-term outer planet transits and how inner planet transits can act as triggers when they pass over those mm-hmm. points or make aspects to them. So the idea of this Saturn Uranus square being triggered by Mars passing through Leo and completing that T-square mm-hmm. and also that probably some wild shit is going to happen in Scorpio season when the same thing happens again. <laughs> right. But... I'm also now, I really am thinking about this Chiron in Aries and retrograde. And I've been reading a lot about development and attachment styles. Mm-hmm. Surprise, surprise. Uh, I'm a lesbian. Um, <laughs> whoa. But, whoa, what am I doing here? But the idea that a common struggle as we like literally become humans and individuate is that like there is this tension within us of wanting to connect and also wanting to be separate. And that Mm -hmm. particularly folks who have natal aspects that really highlight that, that that we can sometimes project that out 
into the world. So it's like, if we don't know which one to choose, we'll choose one and then mate with people who either are repelled by our clinginess or are trying to cling to us in turn when we try to assert independence. And so when I think about Chiron and Aries and like the, the pain of asserting that independence, but also the necessity And then I think about how many problems in the world we have from just us being utterly in denial of the fact that we are all connected, you know, and that like, Mm -hmm. no matter how much you want to separate, you're never separate, but Mm -hmm. you also like do need to have an idea of self to like develop a healthy ego and properly navigate the world. Right. Or like, I think, and this is a deeply, I feel cancerian concerns, that's the title of this episode now. Oh, yeah. Uh, Deeply but, I feel, <laughs> Cancerian Concerns. <laughs> uh, it is true, though, that a part of understanding that we're all connected is learning to let go of that grip, right? Which is that, like, if we're all connected, you actually don't need to hold on so tight to all your exes. True. <laughs> <laughs> like, you... You actually don't need to talk to them on the phone every week. You actually don't need to make sure that they remember that you're connected. (laughs) And you can't really make sure of much of that anyway. No. Um, And I think that's an interesting thing, too, that maybe we can um, dictificate on for a little bit, which is that the classic sort of les les joke about cancers is that they're obsessed with their exes right yeah um and i wonder what you think is the difference between the way that cancers are obsessed with their exes and say libras well these are now cardinal concerns are they not (laughs) i'm just i think that you would be an expert in answering that question for me i could tell you a little (laughs) bit about it i think that Sometimes rightly so, and sometimes I think um, it's a lazy uh, analogy or or point. In general, the moon and cancer are tied to the past, right? Mm -hmm. And nostalgia. And when we think of high summer, like how many memories come flooding back, right? And it's an incredibly sensual, emotive sign. And as with all the water signs, time starts to feel a little irrelevant at a certain point, especially when you're Mm -hmm. dealing with emotional exploration, right? I think about um, Proust, who I'm pretty sure has a cancer mercury, actually. And literally, like, he writes the whole beginning of In Search of Lost Time, right, is like, it's the triptych, but Swan's Way is the one that the most people know. And he literally, the whole story starts from him eating a cookie and dipping it into tea, right? This lavender cookie. And then Mm -hmm. it like takes us on this whole journey, right? And so we get like Cancerian nourishment tied to memory, pulling us back in time. And then the rest of the novel is not really linear. And I think that emotionality is not super linear either, right? I think it goes in loops. I want to say that um, I did look it up just now and you know, he's a cancer sun, ah. but I also want to point out that he's a Taurus moon and the dipping the cookie as like a deeply, totally. <laughs> a deeply weighted thing. <laughs> or, it reminds me of my, um, my friend Maya who likes to, who will describe very mundane things as incredibly intense. Like I think one time she shared with me how talking to her therapist she said something very flippantly like, well, is it like, well, email is incredibly fraught. And then her therapist said, 
is it? (laughs) 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 And I think about that a lot. That sort of like Torian relationship to mundanity as, as just incredibly laden burdensome because there's so much involved inside of their relationship to everything they do (laughs) oh my gosh that's amazing um I did digress (laughs) a little bit with Proust but what I mean yeah I was like wow Proust okay it's really going places um but (laughs) Cantor versus Libra I think Libra's more concerned with evaluating the past relationship and also having it like as evidence for future relationships. Whereas I feel like for Cancer, it's funny because Cancer does rule naturally the house of endings too, right? Wait, so, can I clarify with you something? Yeah. When you say evidence, I'm not sure what you mean. Evidence for future. What do you mean by that? I feel like for Cancers, it's like sometimes I just want to play that song again. Mm-hmm. And I feel like for Libras, it's like, I want to be sure my receipts are all in order in case there is an emotional audit to show you that I behaved in a fair and respectful manner. Ooh, okay. That kind of, that kind of, uh, trips up like a little info for me, like this idea, maybe the way you're saying the receipts, I also think of it as the endurance of a strong emotional relationship between Libras and exes as proof that they were good in a relationship mm-hmm. and good after. So, yeah. So that it like, Oh, well we still have a relationship because I was just such a good girlfriend. Yeah. <laughs> so of course, um, I, I do think it's interesting what you said about cancer in the past, because I also, you know, I just, um, took a few, a short sort of class with Annabelle on horary where the moon actually represents, the present like oh. the moon is always you in the present moment and because the it's changing chart. and reflecting huh mm-hmm. ah, interesting so i'm also thinking about um that relationship between maybe what you were saying earlier as well about water signs and their sort of uh, tenuous relationship with time and how the past is present maybe for cancers <laughs> you know yeah well, and you know, the moon does represent our, our like first foundational primary relationship with the nurturing parent, right? Their absence or their presence, right? Their excellent qualities as well as like their inferior, right? And so there is a way where everything is drawing back, you know? Mm-hmm. Okay. We all know, obviously we all know that there's a very different um, line or acceptable way of being friends with exes between straights, like between hats and non-hats, right? Okay, that's clear. So we're gonna get the hats out of the way because they don't belong in this podcast. Um, Outside of them, do you think, given what people say about, say, Libras or Cancers, what people say about Cancers, I'll repeat again, is that they're obsessed with their exes. What you and I know about Libras is that they seem to never have any because <laughs> all, all their exes are like still their girlfriend somehow. I don't know. <laughs> they're like, they're like reserved batteries. Um, do we think, do you think there isn't, there's actually an accepted, acceptable amount of closeness to have with an ex as a queer? And what is it? They will come to visit, but they don't sleep in your bed. <laughs> I would say that's the first. (laughs) 
so you can never be such like so that scenario yeah oh maybe this is like um <laughs> this is, i don't know we can turn this into a game somehow let's give it a minute but scenario. <laughs> i saw those wheels turning for you <laughs> okay scenario cancer and libra yeah mm. obviously our exes they've been exes for a decade uh-huh. and they consider each other family they're now friends they vacation together can they sleep in the same bed i mean i think that's more up to if they're in something now and how comfortable those other people feel about it you know what i mean like uh 10 years is like a pretty long way out and it's also like is this 10 years ago from 43 to 33 or is this 10 years ago from 33 to 23 you know what i mean like is it like we were no tell me more Uh, (laughs) i just mean I think that there are periods of our lives where we change significantly in a way where like connections that used to be very magnetic, just like, it's like one of the magnets is flipped. Mm -hmm. And then I think that there are some things where it's like, once you've reached a certain like stasis, as far as emotional development and maturity that like, there may always be a charge. Like some people Mm. break up because the sex got bad. Some people break up because that was the only good thing. You know what I mean? And so like, so I feel like I can't answer this question just like across the board, you know? Um, But I think that like for a lot of people, intense sexual attraction also um, translates or comes along with like extreme emotional volatility. (laughs) Okay. What I hear you saying though, perhaps is if, the reason that that relationship ended, even if it was 10 years ago, if the reason it ended was because sex was the only good thing that perhaps one should be very careful about sleeping in the same bed. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) There's some real strong Mars going on there. Like you gotta be careful. (laughs) Yeah, it's true. And plus with like, both of them sort of, I think also Libras tend to do this as well. Like I think cancer, and this isn't, you know, I love talking about these two signs because I think people don't often put them in the same boat as similar, but there are a lot of similar approaches, um, in the way that they interact with the world, right? Cancers and their fellow cardinals. And I do think that Libra often gets left out of the conversation because, you know, Aries wants attention yes and um and capricorn being cancer's opposition that conversation is actually always already happening yeah um but libras and cancers really exist in many similar um folds (laughs) yeah and ways of being in the world yeah definitely i know that you know in some ways earth and water are more similar than mm-hmm. water and air but i do think that cancer and libra more so than aries and capricorn are very concerned with the relationship right right, right. who's my family who's my equal right because they're they're holding up that um what do you call like the, the second that like quadrant the second yeah. quarter yeah, yeah, yeah I'm like, what's that? What do I, I'm like is that the right number is it two <laughs> like in my mind i'm like two right yeah <laughs> Yeah, they brace that quadrant. So thinking about their relationship to time and forgiveness is really interesting because 
I think um, cancer actually has a quite a hard time forgiving people. Oh yeah, <laughs> but Libra has Libra. I don't know what's going on inside, and actually, I think most people will never know what's fully going on inside. But on the outside, Libra can just decide that they've never had a fight with anyone in their life. Yeah, like they forget, like, but never they, forget. You know what I mean? Like, like what's that? I feel like the 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 quality of the two that's inverted is like Libra forgives but never forgets and Cancer forgets but never forgives. Mm. <laughs> like have you ever had like a conflict with the Cancer will they like explode then just act like nothing happened? Right. But that's themselves. They're talking about themselves. Because if you explode on the Cancer, they'll they'll never forget that. Yeah, it's true. It imprints forever. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, sure for themselves. <laughs> Have you ever tried to yell at a cancer? <laughs> it's nuts. It's like so hard. Because also uh, as soon as they get to a defensive place, they're not listening to you at all. Mm-hmm. No. and But it's it's interesting. But both signs are such, they're also such great listeners. <laughs> yes. When they wish mm-hmm. to be, it's true. When they wish to be. Okay, wait. I, lo- I liked our little, I liked my little game. Okay, so hold on. Let's try again. We'll do it through the signs. This will be fun. So we had a little game. I'm making it up as I go along, listeners. Um, I'm on the road. My computer's broken. Every mm-hmm. Life is a mystery. Everybody must stand alone. So um, Cancer and Aries exes, they definitely broke up because while the sex was good at first, it petered out and then they had opportunities in different parts of the country. So they just needed, they moved for work to different jobs. And that was two years ago. Now they're going to find themselves. There's going to be a confluence where they both find themselves in the same city. It is kind of by chance, but they just figured it out. Should they get a hotel room together to save money? No. <laughs> I actually think the answer to all of these questions is no. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? Why shouldn't they get a hotel room together to save money? I just feel like Aries as an energy can be so abrasive and Cancer can be so... Actually, they're both sensitive. Mm-hmm. Aries is incredibly sensitive. I, I just see... And because of the collapsing nature of time, particularly when emotions are involved, I just see that experience being incredibly triggering for the cancer and and infuriating for the uh, Aries. Okay, all right, okay. Okay, cancer and Taurus are exes. Mm. They broke up because they just wanted different things. Mm-hmm. They are now both invited to a friend's wedding from that time in their lives. Yes. And the friend is having everybody stay in the same house Mm. and there aren't enough bedrooms. Yeah. Should the Cancer and the Taurus stay in the same room? I actually think that they could. And I think that they could because I have a feeling that they find a lot of the same things comforting or comfortable. So there won't be like one of them just fucking the room up and making it hard for the other one to rest or relax. I also think they both value resting and relaxation. And I feel like with a Taurus, like when they're done, they're done. So I could see a Taurus having an easy time, like having boundaries, 
I could also see them like maybe after the reception getting drunk and hooking up, but it not necessarily being like a terrible thing. Like I could see them just having like a essentially enjoyable time and then being able to be like, okay. <laughs> Is that weird? No, it's great. Okay. A uh, different scenario for this one. Cancer and Gemini exes. They broke up because the Gemini cheated. This happened four years ago. They wound up bumping into each other at a conference and really getting along and exchanged their numbers again because they have new numbers and are now texting all the time. They are in they are in new relationships. Is it okay? No. Why not? It's just it's just gonna pull that cancer back into that world of hurt. Mm. You think they can't just be friends? I just think they should like cool it a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> I just feel like I feel like mutable signs in general like to be a little naughty. They like to push boundaries a little. And mm-hmm. I think that like if you've been deeply hurt by somebody it's important to like be pretty clear about where you need to cut them off to like still be okay. Mm-hmm. And I think that a Gemini who already is like transgressed once, I don't know, I think you need some more information that can help you feel like if they've already cheated on you another in another relationship and all of a sudden you're really exciting to them again, like that to me is sus. Mm-hmm. I know it's been okay. four years. I know that they get along, but like, I don't know. I just feel like for Gemini, sometimes that like flittering, flirtatious, cerebral energy doesn't always take note of like the impact it might be having on folks who are not as cerebrally inclined, you know? Okay. Okay. I hear what you're saying. All right. Two cancer exes. One is a Scorpio rising. The other one is a Pisces rising. They came back to town to go to a high school reunion. Mm. They actually remembered that they hated everybody at school except each other. They are spending the whole night just hanging out and drinking more and more. Will this end well? Or is this a sad tale? I mean, I think that the Pisces rising is going to try to invade the Scorpio rising's um, psychic boundaries because they feel so mysterious and they're trying to get at like what they secretly want or if they want to share with them. I think they're probably going to get tanked and and have sex for sure. I'm not sure how how good that sex is going to be. could be really good, but it also could just be like... <laughs> A watery, a watery inebriated mess that's like pretty sloppy and like ends up with like one of them crying halfway through. It is like 100% going to be sort of like a 69 where people are edging for two hours. Yeah. (laughs) And then one of them, probably the Pisces rising is going to fall asleep. And then the Scorpio rising is going to become deeply hurt by that, but wait for the Pisces rising to figure it out 
and apologize. Yeah, because they're gonna be like, you should intuit this. Yeah, exactly. And the Pisces rising is like, I mean, part of me fell asleep, but part of me stayed awake with you inside. I mean, we're our souls were awake the whole night, man. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Let's go get some bottomless mimosas and round this one out. We fusing, bra. Um, (laughs) Okay, okay. Um, Okay, Cancer and Leo exes. They are actually an interesting mix of Cancer Leo rising and Leo Cancer rising. Um, They run in each other. They keep running into each other. Like they are just like all of a sudden they haven't seen each other in a year. They totally like cut cut each other out of each other's friend groups. They were in AA together. So they switched AA meetings and now all of a sudden they just can't fucking avoid each other at the supermarket, at the basketball court, at the laser tag, like wherever the fuck they are. Mm. That's where the other one is. Should they get a coffee date. I mean, I think it probably would be really good for a person with a cancer rising and a cancer son as well to um, directly confront the inevitable. So probably, yeah, a, a neutralizing way to come together and address it and figure out a way to shared space. Because you also have this like you have a 12th house son and a second house son, right? So you have somebody mm-hmm. who often feels invisible and unseen and then somebody else whose sense of self is like core core to their value, right? And so mm-hmm. like there is, you know, to that Leo son in the second house, it's not going to feel good to be ignored, mm-hmm. right? Um, and to that cancer son in the 12th house, I, I think it's important for them to also validate their existence since they do have that leo rising too you know what i mean so to and be also like validate like what might be like what might be the secret sort of like power behind things right to acknowledge that yeah influence. yeah exactly and how much of my identity is actually like unexpressed or repressed even though like i come off perhaps as like a little more confident Mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. so yeah wow, I think... i'm really glad you're picking up my like my challenges here all right is this is this fun is this a this great, is is fun this a great for me. game i don't know if it's fun for anybody else but they're not here right now <laughs> <laughs> okay so a cancer x and a virgo x they actually didn't really ever break up they just took an indefinite pause because circumstances created such that they could no longer be together. Should they rekindle after two years of their indefinite pause a friendship? That sounds like a pretty terrible basis to um, build any new relationship from. Mm. like yeah there were no hard feelings but there also was like nothing clear which like probably actually drove the virgo nuts to not be like specific about like what's going on here mm-hmm. but then the fact that like neither of them you know they're straddling leo so there is this idea of like maybe being a little less direct in their approach so the fact that like neither of them could like figure out how to just be like hey, so, like, are we for sure not getting back together? Like, I just don't understand how that's a good spot to try to start a friendship from. 
Do you think that them starting to be friends will like just not like kick off a a new cycle of like emotional confusion about where things are going? Well, I just think that like. I guess you could say this about everyone, but particularly Virgo and Cancer, I think both have like very specific emotional needs to like feel safe and respected and like communicated with. And so like if you can't, if they couldn't cultivate that specificity within their relationship or within the container of ending it, like I just see every unprocessed thing like coming up one by one in this friendship. And if that is the mode that they want to work through stuff, then like that's cool too. But like one of them needs to get clear at least and preferably both don't you think wait i mean can i just clarify with you a lesbian question do you, are you saying that the mariah carey set a butterfly free and if it comes back that's how you know approach to relationship ending is is not a clear enough sort of parting way i am like i do think that like <laughs> especially if like you took a break for some reasons right mm-hmm. something wasn't working but if you never like figured out how to identify that and then you both were just like, well, this isn't worthwhile enough to either like button up in a way that I can move forward or reconcile. Like, I just don't I don't understand like where you're going to go from there. Like you're stepping into this chasm that you left, you know. Right. Or maybe they did know why they parted, but why they parted hasn't actually really changed. Yeah. Which like you can definitely be friends with people that you can't date, but the nebulousness just makes me feel like that's not a good spot to like reconnect from. If they do want to be friends, I think they need to like have a talk about what happened and like what they're looking for and what things need to shift in their dynamic for them to feel respected in a friendship, you know? Mm-hmm. Okay. Cancer and Libra are exes. They are now actually each dating each other's exes. <laughs> How well do you think that that dinner party is going to go? Oh, my gosh. Oh, man. It's going to be so volatile. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, usually when you compare or contrast your exes with your current partner like they aren't sitting there to tell you that that's not how it happened you know Mm. so so I think there's going to be like a culmination of like a lot of shit talking behind the scenes where where or maybe everybody's on good terms right and maybe actually okay hold on I just want to I want to add something just for fun so Cancer and Libra are both exes they're now dating each other's exes this is a dinner party both other exes are Sagittarians. I mean, it could just end up in the two Sagittarians getting drunk and coming to blows, defending the honor of um, their current people. Wow. You think so? No, I don't think that's what's going to happen. But I do think that the Sagittarians are going to like start to feel uncomfortable at a certain point after like being compared to each other by the Libra and Cancer ex couple. And will like get a little too drunk um, and rowdy. I can see both Sagittarians also just casually starting to leave the table. Just like backing away from it. Right. That is the other option. <laughs> and like I'm like going off and like you find them in the other room just like <laughs> doing body shots off each hey. other. And you're like, wait a second. 
<laughs> hanging out, you know, on the porch, smoking, being like, we wanted to wait until y'all were done. Just talking about sci-fi novels on the front porch. <laughs> yeah, just like, can't, can't be in Actually, there. Actually, they probably started a bonfire somewhere. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Let's do something useful. Okay. Yeah. Cancer X and Scorpio X. That's, that's the whole, that's the whole thing. <laughs> no scenario. We're going to have to rely on the Scorpio's better judgment here. Well, good luck with that. I know. I mean, that's the thing again. It's like, was the sex good? Then probably they'll fuck again. It's... Yeah, it's true. It's 100% true. I feel like of the, of the fixed signs, Scorpios can be wise in many ways, but with exes is not one of them. <laughs> that's true. That's true. They're yeah. just like, because they're still water signs, right? So they're just like, is is love sacred? Shall, shall I shall I pray at this temple one more time? <laughs> yeah, time doesn't exist. <laughs> yeah, it's sacred, dude. Okay, Cancer X and Sagittarius X. These people actually they hooked up at a yoga retreat secretly while having like primary or like even monogamous partners. Um, they decided to never talk about it again. They decided it was a one-off kind of camp, camp boyfriend experience. Now the Sagittarius has moved to the Cancer's town and wants to meet up for lunch. Should the Cancer say yes? Is the Cancer free and easy or are they still with the person that they uh, were not? Oh, even? they're still, they're still in their relationship. What about the Sag? The sad is always free and easy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> no, I don't think the cancer should. I think they're too impressionable. I think they'll just reflect mm-hmm. the. They'll reflect to a point of discomfort. They'll start to act like they're free and easy when they're not. Yeah, I think so. Okay, okay. We got to keep it going. Keep it going. Cancer X and Capricorn X. These two actually work for the same company. And the company is having a retreat, but the last time they went on a retreat, they wound up accidentally hooking up. Should they still go? Or should they can't, or should they call out? Yeah. I mean, I don't see them not hooking up again. So it just depends on like how, da- how damaging that uh, would be. Who do you think would initiate it again? Capricorn. The cancer. Capricorn. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> Hands down. I'm not saying that cancers can't be tops. Definitely can. But as far as initiating that, as a Capricorn doing that, I think. Okay. This is going to be one you understand. Uh. Cancer. <laughs> cancer X and Aquarius X. They broke up because the Aquarius had a major loss in the family and they couldn't be in a relationship. Now it's been a handful of years and they have found themselves in the same friend group. They're hanging out again, but the cancer is not sure what's going on. And if there's a possibility for more, what do you think is going to happen? The Aquarius doesn't know what's going on either. (laughs) literally the only way for them to figure it out is to like try and make out with each other they're like aquarians (laughs) get friendship 
But clearly, like, they were so confused by intimacy that, like, having an intense emotional experience meant that they, like, could not be in anything else intense and emotional, right? So it's like there's, Mm -hmm. unless they've gotten, like, a lot of therapy, probably the cancer shouldn't go for it. But the only way for the cancer to know is to try. The one thing I will say is that, like, the Aquarius will not be an asshole if it's not wanted. Mm -hmm. I think... I think though Aquarians can be like pretty aloof. I don't think that they're like purposefully cruel. And like, if you're a friend, they really don't want to hurt you. Right. That doesn't right. mean that they won't, but I just, I like, yeah, I don't think the they Aquarius They prefer knows. not to. They prefer not to. And like, if somebody is like vulnerable to them on a personal lover, level, even if they like can't. Lover. <laughs> lover, 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 lover. Uh, I think that they will really try to like, but I also don't think that they'll know how they feel till they try making out with the cancer. Mm-hmm. So it also depends on how invested the cancer is. Cause like if the reject, if the thought of the rejection is like so intense and overwhelming and they don't want to go through that, the Aquarian will be happy to just like, just be friends. And to them, that's like the highest expression of human relationship anyway. So also they're in conjunct, like, like we do not I know, get but you each know other. what they want. They, they always want each other. Know, that's a big, true. That's, true. that's a big draw. Those two. Never dated a cancer. I mean, me neither, but I've seen a lot of those. I've seen a lot of those come and go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, whew. yeah. Just, I think we did them all. I think we did too. I think we even did cancer and Libra twice. Kind of. Well, we did. I think I did cancer and Pisces in the very beginning as like the sort of false scenario before I started going down the full list mm-hmm. as a as a sloppy wet wetness journey. <laughs> as a so- soggy socks journey, <laughs> it's worse. And you have to walk in wet socks, you know. Oh, oh that's the worst punishment known to man. It well, is. well. I was just thinking if there's any other little little bits and bobs to share. Queen Latifah, it seems like, finally officially came out at the BET mm-hmm. Awards, like actually fully claimed her uh, queerness. Yeah, it's a beautiful thing to see. I think a lot of people are talking about how it also, you know, kind of coincided perhaps with her mom passing and her being able to feel a little bit more free. Right. Um, but that's not something I know about personally. Neither. We can speak to the fact, we, you know, this could just be a real astrological sort of journey since all the all the dykestrology that happened inside here really happened in scenarios versus in, in media. Yeah. You know, we have Mercury entering Cancer. Yes. So we're going to have a real, even though the Cancer days are arcing, some Cancerian influences are just sparking up. (laughs) Um, I'd also like to point out that we've had a couple of different uh, watery trines. So we had a watery trine that just passed. We're going to have Cancer trining Jupiter and Pisces on on July 12th. And, um, right. you know, then we're going to have a July 15th between the sun and cancer and Neptune and Pisces. Mm-hmm. So cancers, although, you know, are still in their different walloping restoration journeys, <laughs> might find more restorative energy. 
energy than they have in a long while coming through. Yeah, right? Because trines help Mm. us access um, a little more energy, a little more flexibility, a little more... Mm -hmm. um, honestly like yeah a little recuperation in some ways right Mm -hmm. and also maybe just like the the the, the, like sort of like the underside or the sweetness of a heavy lesson Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know yes sort of that kind of thing where if i hadn't if i hadn't had to go through that i wouldn't have this i think there's often moments where trines can help you access that feeling yeah, I guess I also think about it like um, like in an electric car where when you press on the brakes, it charges the batteries a little mm-hmm. bit, you know, and like this idea of like um, slowing down, feeling a little less resistance or at least not having to put forth this consistent effort against the world, right? Like you, you hit the brakes when you're coasting mm-hmm. um, and, and the way that that can be like a little replenishing because really like... I mean, cancer or not, cardinal sign or not, like this fucking Mercury retrograde in in the Saturn Uranus square with Neptune squaring Mercury and the eclipses, like I'm fucking trashed, dude. Dude, dude, dude. Like, dude. <laughs> I came back from vacation. I'm still tired. Like, mm-hmm. it's a lot. It's a lot. I mean, it's almost like the ones of us who are listening and speaking are people who've had to witness, you know, millions die off in a global pandemic, you know, and are now being forced to act like the world is just going to be regular again and we can just it's go back burning. to work and re- resume our kinship system building. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's just kind of like, I don't know. I hope we get. A little leisure in Leo season. Doubtful. (laughs) (laughs) Doubtful, but I like, I like your approach. I know we're we're never going to rest again, I guess. Huh? I mean, I don't see Leo season as restful. I see Leo's as incredibly ambitious. And so there is a level of like, look like, uh, just push it like pushing themselves forward not necessarily anything in particular <laughs> i would say efficient in their energy expenditure i'm just saying how many hours a day do cats sleep for I mean, leos know how to relax they are a sign of luxury and leisure as and pleasure as well as like achievement and creative expression right yeah, but you ever see like, you know, you ever see like when cats all of a sudden just have a yen and all they're just like running, like running, like yeah. running around the room. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that like explosive energy coming out, but that also no like, reason, <laughs> but it's also tempered and balanced by like a lot of just like sleeping on the couch and stretching, you know? Okay. That's what I wish for everybody. That's what I wish too. But, but we're going to have to get through some of these clouds first. Oh. <sighs> before that sun's ready you're gonna have to carry some of that water around for a little bit longer Mm, yeah i guess so Mm -hmm. did you want to talk about every cancer being bisexual before we leave (laughs) i well yeah before we leave we're leaving um I would say that the scenarios that we went through are evidence enough of every cancer being bisexual (laughs) 
for example, the fact is that a lot of their exes could be genders that they no longer necessarily fuck with, mm, but it mm-hmm. doesn't matter because time isn't real. Mm. So they'll just be like, Oh, I'm back at this high school reunion with like my ex of a gender that I don't usually fuck with. Why not now? <laughs> Time's not real. <laughs> Labels aren't real. I mean, identities, just you and me. Yeah. You and me in this ocean of sacred despair. <laughs> Pulling one final cry out of each other. Wow. Wow. Yeah, that's what's happening there. Just mm-hmm. pulling the last cry out. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. <laughs> I mean, in Sandra O, we trust. That's like all I really have to say about that's that. That's beautiful. That's yeah. beautiful. I don't know what you mean, but I feel like, you know, sometimes your Piscean communication qualities are um so so wavy and i'll just and i'll just ride i'll ride that wave you know i'll be like cool 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 yeah 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 bring in the seashell and then some freak will dm us and be like i knew exactly what you meant and i'll be like cool because mm. i did not i literally beautiful just said it no just cancer that's all that's the only reason i said that um. yeah i'm very excited about her new professorial show i feel like sandra O is already coded as queer in almost everything um, having yeah. her play a professor is just one more, one more gay bait hook in the ocean. Yeah. Definitely I don't know what kind DJ. of, I don't know what her sexuality will be in the ocean, but as we know, sexuality is a fluid in the ocean. So yeah, I said it, I did it. The fluid, the water, you see. Yeah, I got it. Yeah. That's, you know, that's even, it's ruled by the moon and cancer, isn't it? Uh-huh. Fluids. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Tears. But not just tears. Tears. Okay, bye. <laughs> um, Gala, you're on vacation, but people can still read your weekly horoscopes. I mean, hopefully we'll see what happens. Anything else you want to tell them? You feel like they know where to find you? You always feel like that, don't you? Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm I'm writing horoscopes for Refinery. So yeah. if, if they manage to go up this week, then that's where they'll be. I know that you are looking to tell somebody all about themselves. It's true. It's true. Where can you assess people in their self journey? Uh, you can go to my website, www.roseblakelock.com. That's R O S E B L A K E L O C K. Um, or you can find me on Instagram at mutable cross. Um, but yeah, there's links. I do sliding scale readings, couples readings, transit reports. Get at me. I still have a few slots left in July. I'll put up August dates soon. Um, you can listen to us. Oh, if you want find to find out, wait, I just want to say that you could find out with Rose if you should get a sandwich with that X or not. Let me tell you what. Yeah, though I gotta tell you ninety percent of the time the answer is no. Just kidding. No, it's probably 40, honestly. It just depends don't on if you have these dykes. You know they don't want to hear no about those exes. I'm just saying if you broke up because you realize that you're just friends, then, like, keep being friends. If you broke up because they did something incredibly hurtful to you um, for which they've never been fully accountable, it might be difficult. Mm-hmm. It all depends on how that breakup went and, like, how present and willing a person was to, like, be responsible for the harm 
if they caused any and likely you both caused harm and acted out each other's shit on each other. And you know what you can't do is compel somebody to be accountable, by the way. Turns out, no. no. Teaching them modeling accountability, sending them PDFs of codependent no more. None of that is going (laughs) to teach somebody. Sounds like you um, know this deeply, personally. (laughs) Some very specific examples there. I'm just I'm just a lesbian in the world, you know. Same. Just a couple dykes in the world wishing you um I'm wishing you all some fortitude and a good cry. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And a cozy show. Sexy or peaceful. Cry as you will. Yeah, for sure. It can be yeah. 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 I can do that. Big Dyke Energy is mixed and recorded by Rose Blakelock and features original music by Knight of Cups. Sorry we forgot you, Pisces, but you shouldn't get back together with your cancer ex. Marcel Proust was a cancer son and Mercury. 